Stress, anxiety, worries and concern are inherent in the human condition and if we're honest, we have all and will all and probably are all experiencing a measure of stress and anxiety most of the time. The Bible is full of words about stress, anxiety, fear, concerns. So much of what Jesus said, so much of what the writers say, address our fears and the reality of our human, frail, vulnerable condition that makes us susceptible to anxiety and worry. And there's this passage in Philippians that talks explicitly about anxiety. It starts by saying, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. I don't know about you, but if anyone takes a one-liner or a pithy saying or a roll-off-the-tongue self-help piece of advice for me about stress and anxiety, I immediately feel suspicious. I immediately don't particularly like it. Because the nature of anxiety and stress is that it's so complicated, it's so complex. And there's actually something about this verse that makes me feel similarly. So you're saying that if I just pray to God, tell him what I'm worried about and be grateful that he's going to sort this? Well, I don't think this is as worthy of a fridge magnet as it may appear to seem. I think what's significant and meaningful about this particular text in scripture is not just that it does give us a strategy and a tool for how to manage our anxiety and stress. Actually, yes, we do need to bring our concerns and our worries before God with gratitude and expect that he will answer them. But what makes this a reliable and useful and helpful approach when it comes to stress and anxiety? The clue is actually in the four words that come immediately before, where it says, the Lord is near. Now, when I say the Lord is near, just stop for a minute. How does it make you feel? The Lord is near. Does it increase your anxiety? Does it make you feel stressed? Does it make you feel nervous or numb or angry? Or does it make you feel relieved? How about I change it to... The Lord is with you and is on your side. The reason that this scripture is so powerful and important and helpful when it comes to dealing with anxiety and stress is not because of the strategy it gives us, but because of the reality it reminds us of that the Lord is near, that God is with us and is on our side. And that makes this meaningful because when we realise that, And when we allow ourselves to trust and believe that God is with us and is on our side, it means that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There's another verse in scripture that says, he gives him perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Another slight mouthful, but really what it's saying is that God gives us his perfect peace when our minds are fixed on him and we trust him, not because of our ability to trust, but because the God in whom we trust is trustworthy, and He is the essence of all things good and peaceful. So I think the first question really to ask when it comes to stress and anxiety, and when we reflect on this particular passage, is who is this God who is near? 
If we're being encouraged to bring our concerns to the God who is near, well, who is this God who is near? What's he like? Can I trust him? It's a bit like in attachment theory, when a toddler toddles off from her mum and goes and explores the world and takes risks and then ventures back. Why is, is that a positive experience? Well, the nature of secure attachment is not because of the child's ability to take risks, risk assess and manage herself. It's because of who the mother is. It's because the mother's faithful and won't go away, won't disappear. Won't be angry if she takes a risk and it goes wrong. Is patient, is kind, is loving, is good, is interested and deeply concerned in the well-being of the child. That's what makes for a secure attachment in a small child. And really it's the same here in this passage, is that it's the nature of a secure attachment with a loving God that enables us to experience a peace that goes beyond our understanding. A peace that doesn't actually answer all the questions, doesn't fix the problems, doesn't take away the causes of our anxieties. But because of the nature of who God is, because he's trustworthy, because he's good, we can somehow experience a life of peace and freedom and wholeness, even in the face of real or perceived danger, threat and concern, because of who God is. So the first question really to ask ourselves is, who, do, who is this God who is near? And do I trust him? The passage moves on to say, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Our brains have limited capacity. We have limited capacity. There's only so much we can absorb and allow to shape us in a positive way. And it's our choice, really. It's our choice. It's our responsibility in terms of what we engage in. We must choose well what we surround ourselves with, what we allow to come into our ears and our eyes and our minds, where we even put our physical bodies, the relationships that we're in. We must choose well, and I think Paul is really encouraging us here in this text to choose well what we allow, what we allow our minds to dwell on. Now, I'm no expert in the brain or the mind, but I know that when I engage in beauty and goodness and truth, my mind experiences a wholeness. My body experiences a, a wholeness and a peace. When I absorb myself and spend time in creation, when I uh, in, listen to really good comedy, when I participate in living in a way that reflects wholeness and goodness and purity. I am impacted in a way that I can't logically, linearly describe to you. I think often anxiety and stress are to do with trying to fix a problem that we can't fix, trying to solve something that we can't solve. We get stuck. There are these impossible situations that we repeatedly analyse and go over and over trying to in some way fix a problem within us or without us and anxiety reflects something of that but actually when we engage in things that are pure and lovely and admirable doesn't necessarily answer the questions or fix the problems that concerns our anxieties but opens us up engages our whole selves, our left and our right brain, our whole selves to something of who God is that in some way doesn't necessarily answer the questions but allows us to experience something of who God is, something of his nature, 
something of what he's like that gives us peace and that on some deep level transforms us. Maybe that engages us in the things that we sense and image and perceive and feel, not just think and understand and know. We engage our whole selves in the pursuit of goodness and beauty, participating with God and receiving from him these aspects of who he is. And we are drawn into that place of peace that doesn't necessarily tackle our understanding. It, it includes it, but it doesn't necessarily answer our problems and our questions, but allows us to experience something of God that touches our lives deeply and draws us into a more full, more whole, more experiential, more true understanding of who this God is that we're being asked and encouraged to trust with our anxieties and our stresses in this passage.